Hello, hello! We are diving right in today, continuing from last week's love episode. Today, we're diving into respect. Here we go! Hey mama, welcome to Restored Mama. Do you wish your days didn't go by in a blur because you are so busy? Ready to kill it as a homeschool mom trying to juggle home, family, and business as well? Does it feel like you're just trying to survive the day until you put your kids to bed? Do you need a time management strategy to balance it all? Hey, I'm Jen. I too was a mom that was trying to do it all but accomplishing nothing. I too felt worn out and drained and wished for freedom and balance in my life. I wanted to enjoy life and live out the calling God placed on me, but I kept telling myself life was always going to be this busy and I would never escape being that hot mess mom who lost her identity to motherhood until I found structure and time management strategies that actually work. In this podcast, you will find ways to prioritize to help you balance it all, learn habits to bring ease in your day, God-centered conversations to help you focus on what is really important and ways to enjoy motherhood so that you will be able to go to bed feeling accomplished and loving life again. Warm up that cold coffee, kick up your feet. You deserve a break. In the chaotic life of marriage and motherhood, overwhelmed moms often find themselves caught in the relentless grip of stress and anxiety. The daily grind of managing a household, nurturing your children, keeping them alive, and sustaining a marriage, it can become an overwhelming symphony of responsibilities, right? It just feels like it is one thing after another. Leaving all these moms, you, me, feeling depleted and lost. The weight of all those unmet expectations, that mom guilt that happens, combined with the constant pressure to excel and thrive in both roles, marriage, motherhood, and all the other roles that you have. It really fosters a breeding ground for stress and anxiety, and it oftentimes can lead to depression. The struggle is not just external, but it's internal, it's mental, emotional, and physical. It's a battle against all that self-doubt, the mom guilt, a yearning for balance, and an innate desire and craving to be the best partner and the best mother and the best woman that you can be. But feeling like you're failing in all those areas. It's a journey where the demands of the day just drown out all the whispers of that self-care that you know you need, but you can't get. And the pursuit of perfection overshadows the pursuit of joy and fulfillment, which is where that mom guilt comes in. In the midst of all this struggle, overwhelmed moms long for a lifeline, something to grab hold of, a way to navigate the turbulence and rediscover the fulfillment and purpose that God actually intended for you, for me, in our roles. This is where Restored Mama comes in. Find that joy, that fulfillment, and love where God has placed you as you navigate the challenges of marriage and motherhood. We tackle the challenges together through six months of group coaching as you work through a self-paced course designed just for busy moms like you. This program will help you navigate marriage and motherhood with grace and confidence and joy. No better way to start off the new year. Get yourself a Christmas present this year. Invest in yourself so that you can become the mom, the wife, the woman, the child of God that you want and you know you are created to be. The one that God has called you to be. Check out the details on the program at RestoredMama.com and I will see you over there. This is the last month for the special huge discount. And spots are limited, so don't wait. This next section of group coaching starts the second week of January, and you don't want to miss it. And I don't want you to miss it. I want you to start this next year off being able to accomplish your goals, 
and see fulfillment in every role in your life. Ephesians 5.33 talks about a husband loving his wife, and we broke that down last week. If you didn't listen to it, please go listen to that. These two episodes go hand in hand. At the same time, the verse speaks to the wife's role in fostering an atmosphere of respect for her husband. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Ephesians 5.33. This respect isn't one of blind obedience. I talked a lot about this in the episode of what a wife's role is. It's an acknowledgement, an admiration for the husband's role as a leader within the marriage. Not a domineering leader, not a boss, but a leader out of love, a leader that responds to God as his leader. To show him respect, it involves valuing his insights, affirming his efforts, and appreciating his unique contributions to the partnership. It doesn't mean you don't question him when you don't understand or don't agree. You're not just in blind obedience, but it does mean being kind and respectful in the way that you question. You don't put him down, tell him he's wrong. I don't know what you're thinking. How could you even say that? That is stupid. You don't tell him he's wrong. You honor his viewpoint. At the same time, letting him know that you don't agree, but you would like to understand where he's coming from so that you can get on the same page. Showing respect doesn't mean that you agree and just go along with everything. That would be blind obedience. That's not okay. But it means you don't put him down. You don't talk down to him. You lift him up in your speech. You let him know that you're proud of him. Tell him thank you. Show that you notice the hard work he's putting in, even if it doesn't seem like it to you. All right. It may not seem like he's working hard. You might think, I work so much harder than him. This is not fair. Marriage isn't about being fair. Marriage is about companionship and partnership. It's not a, I put 50%, you put 50%, and it equals 100. It's not like that. Sometimes he's going to have 90% to give and you're going to have 10% to give. Sometimes he's going to have 40% to give and you're going to have 80% to give. So you have extra. You guys are going to be different every day. Whatever energy you put out, you might have less to give by that night when your husband gets home from work or when you get home from work. It's not about a percentage. You both put in what you have to give. Is your husband a man that comes home and sits on the couch from the moment he gets home from work until he goes to bed? That probably drives you crazy. You're probably always getting frustrated with him because of it and have thoughts or maybe have even said it out loud a couple times that he never does anything to help. He just sits there lazily. And maybe as I'm talking, you're thinking to yourself, he definitely hasn't earned my respect. Why would I give it to him? I have no desire to fake it. I have no desire to try to pretend that I respect him. Yeah, maybe that's true. And I am so sorry. We were there at one point in our marriage. You know how that changed? I stopped nagging him. I changed my way I thought about him. Yeah, I didn't say anything about it. I know. That's hard, huh? I went about my business and changed my perspective and the way I spoke to him. I started focusing on the things that I loved about him, the things I appreciated about him, the things he did well. No matter how much or how little there was at the time, even if there's only one thing that I could think of that he was doing that I appreciated, when he would come home and just sit there on his phone, I would say, thank you, babe, for working so hard for this family. I appreciate you. Now, not every time in that way, but I would tell him thank you, let him know I appreciate it, and I saw how hard he was working. That's it. Then I would go back to cleaning, cooking, kids, all the things. This was when I was working full-time out of the house too, like over full-time. I showed him respect for what he was doing for the family, not what I saw that he wasn't doing. It's like with your kids. When all you do is tell them no, and all the things are doing wrong, and it's constant, know this, know that, no, 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 no. 
eventually they turn tune you out. They know what you're going to say. They don't care anymore. Or they keep doing it because this is the way they're getting your attention. It might be negative attention, but it's still attention. The no and the scolding, disciplining and frustration and yelling, it all ends up getting you nowhere. Now, there is a time and place for that with your kids. Kids need discipline. It's important. But it shouldn't be constant. When you praise them for the things that they're doing well, they listen better when they're doing something they aren't supposed to do as well. I'm not constantly yelling at James. No, don't do that. No, 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 no. The only time I'm yelling at him is when it's danger. It's an immediate thing that he needs to stop what he's doing. Other times I tell him no. And I tell him why. Obviously at a two-year level, it's not like we're sitting and having a 10 minute discussion, but it's not a constant scolding. He gets in trouble when he's not doing something that he should be doing, or he's doing something that he shouldn't be doing. He does get disciplined. But he also gets praised when he's doing something so well. Great job, James. Thank you so much for taking your plate into the kitchen. It's that simple. Acknowledge what is being done well. When you praise them for what they're doing well, they listen better when they're doing something they're not supposed to do. Funny how that works, huh? Same with your husband. He wants respect. He wants to be noticed for what he does and honored for the work that he puts in. Once I changed the way I thought about him, I changed the way I spoke to him, it became easier to see the good things. He started wanting to do more all of a sudden. Then, as things in our marriage started to change and we were having better conversations, able to talk through things without arguing, we had a very eye-opening conversation. I told him how it frustrated me sometimes that he didn't help me more around the house. I said it lovingly and respectfully, of course, and in a non-accusatory way, I didn't accuse him of not doing anything. I didn't tell him he never helps. Or I do everything around here. Why don't you pitch in? No, that would have ended in disaster. I said, sometimes it frustrates me because I'm working and I have to do a lot here with the house and the kids and meals. I don't get much time to rest. I would appreciate it if I could get some more help from you. Is that something that you'd be able to do? I didn't accuse him of not helping. I didn't tell him I do it all. And you know how that ended up? I learned why I didn't do much after work, not just because he was tired. It was eye-opening, and I finally realized how much differently he thinks than I do. You know what he said? He said, I don't see what needs to be done. I don't know what you need my help with, and I don't want to mess it up or interfere and interfere with what you do. Wow. We talked through it more, and it turns out he just didn't notice what I noticed. He had no idea. The dirty floors, the dishes in the sink, things that need to be put away, bills that need to be paid. He just didn't see it. It wasn't intentional. He just sees things differently than I do. His focus is elsewhere. So we made a plan. I realized I needed to be specific in asking him to do something. And then he was more than willing to pitch in. It was a massive change in the way things started to go in our marriage and in our home. Now, years later... We have a good routine down and he knows things in the house that matter to me. He sees them and if he notices that I'm busy, he'll take the initiative and do it. And sometimes I need to ask because he doesn't see it. But I know he's not doing it on purpose. But we had to have a calm, honest discussion that wasn't accusatory, that I didn't demand a result. We both came into the conversation with love and respect towards each other and it resulted in a terrific resolution. If I had gone into that conversation with the attitude like I was feeling inside, I do it all and you don't help ever. You just sit there. Why do I have to work at work and work at home 24-7? It's not fair. 
I wanted to tell him exactly how it was. I wanted to tell him how I felt. But that would end in disaster. When I came to him with respect, he responded in love. Crazy how that works. It's almost like it's a God principle. Who knew? Now, I know, you're thinking, I work so much harder than him. He goes to work, clocks out when he gets home, and gets to rest. He gets to sleep through the night, and I'm always up with the kids. I never get to clock out. When you treat your husband with respect, you have to change your perspective. In the natural, you may be seeing all sorts of things that frustrate you. But how does God see him? Be intentional with the way that you think about him and you speak to him. Ask God to help change your perspective. Speak what you want. You want him to help around the house? Say thank you to him for all his help, even if he isn't helping much. That one dish you put in the dishwasher? Thank you for putting that dish in the dishwasher. Thank you so much. That's so helpful. Now be careful that it doesn't come out in a condescending way or a sarcastic way. It needs to be genuine. Respecting your husband is a crucial aspect of building a healthy and thriving marriage. Just as God's guidelines say, here are several ways that you wives can demonstrate respect for your husbands. And this has worked miraculously in our home. Communication. This will be discussed in full in a later episode, and I already briefly mentioned it, but actively listen to your husband's thoughts and feelings. A lot of men don't intentionally discuss their feelings so often. Times this can really be demonstrated by them in their actions and the way that they speak to you, or maybe they just shut down or they yell. However your husband reacts when he has emotions that he can't open up about, that is where you need to be actively listening to his thoughts and feelings. Because he's not saying it out loud, but he's definitely showing you. Whether he wants to or not, he's showing you. Engage in an open and honest communication. Oftentimes, this is you opening it first, like I talked about earlier, and make an effort to understand his perspective, even if you may disagree. It's huge and so important to actively listen and communicate. Okay, two, affirmation. Offer words of affirmation and encouragement. Affirmation, no matter what his love language is, affirmation helps him to feel appreciated and respected. When you acknowledge his achievements, you express appreciation for his efforts, and you highlight the positive aspects of his character, he's going to want to do those things more often because he's getting noticed for it. He knows it's appreciated. It's going to help him feel like you care. You notice. You want to be noticed for the things that you do, right? You work so hard for your home, your family. You want him to notice that. It's important that you notice him too. All these things, you can't go about it in a selfish way. It can't be like, I want to get noticed, so I'm going to notice him. And then if I notice him, he's going to start noticing me. Yes, that is one of the ways that you are going to get noticed for the things that you do. But that's the wrong way to go about it. You need to go about this in a way that is loving and caring and genuine with no selfish desire attached. Do it because you care. Do it because you love your husband. And maybe he's not doing it in return right away. And that is why you need to do it selflessly. If you do all of these things that I'm talking about today, if you do it out of a selfish desire, when you don't start getting the response that you want from him, you're going to stop. It's going to be really hard to keep doing what you're doing because you're not getting what you want out of it. If you go about this selflessly, I mean, remember, Jesus was selfless. He came as a servant. That is what we need to be. We need to go into this selflessly. And if you do that, it's going to be a lot easier to do all these things I'm going to talk about 
when you're not getting the results that you want. Now, the results that you want will come, but it might take time. And the only way you're going to be able to push through and continue loving and respecting your husband the way he needs is if you do it in a selfless way. When you give him this affirmation and encouragement, it's going to help him feel like you care, you notice, you're going to make him feel more apt to behave and speak and act the way that he is more often, which in turn helps you to feel more loved. But again, it might take time. So go about this selflessly. So this leads into the next one. Three, support his endeavors. Be supportive of his goals, his dreams and aspirations. If you don't know what they are, ask him. Maybe you guys don't have these kind of conversations. Ask him. Hey, babe, what do you want to do? What's a big goal that you would like to be able to accomplish? What are some dreams and aspirations that you have? What are your God-sized dreams? What are your little dreams? Show interest in what he actually cares about. Encourage him to pursue his passions and provide the help wherever you can and wherever he wants. Don't push yourself in there to help. If he doesn't want help, let him do it, but be there when he is ready for help. Your belief in his abilities can boost his confidence and it'll cause a chain effect in your love and respect cycle. Johnny would really love to be able to create specialty guns. He has his gunsmithing degree. He's great at it. He has done tons of alterations on his own guns and it's a huge talent. And a big dream and aspiration that he has is to be able to create his own business for this. Now, we don't have the money, we don't have the space right now because it is going to be a huge investment to be able to get all the big tools that he would need to be able to do this on a large scale. But it is a dream and aspiration and I am fully supportive and I am here to help him wherever we can. And I have not once put him down or say, oh, I don't think we can do that. That's going to be way too expensive. I said, you know what? When we get the space to be able to do that, let's start saving. Let's start figuring out how we can get this equipment so you can start doing this. Maybe we can start it on a small scale. Where are some small things that we can get so you can actually get started? I'm here to support. And I have started my own business. So when he's ready to start it, I can help him do all of the behind the scenes things that he needs to be able to actually get the business up and running. So I'm here to help and support in whatever way he wants from me. Next, four, trust. This is huge. Demonstrate trust in your husband's decisions and capabilities. Avoid unnecessary skepticism. I'm not going to tell Johnny, you know, I don't think you'd be great at that. I, I don't know. How, how would you do that? Like, that just doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. There's so many things that could go wrong. I'm not sitting there being skeptic of all the things that could go wrong or the things that he might not be able to do. I don't think your skill is good enough for that, babe. Let him know that you have confidence in his judgment and his skills and abilities. If you have suggestions and input, you can ask if he would like your thoughts, but don't immediately go and add your input. That's going to show that you don't trust his decision-making abilities. Sometimes they just like to know that their wife trusts them. I was not good at this at first. It took a lot for me to hold my tongue. And sometimes after he started something, he would come to me later and ask for help or input, but he wanted to start and try himself. And I learned that it took a long time for me to be able to figure that out. Number five, another way to show you respect him is to acknowledge his role. Recognize and appreciate the unique contributions that he makes to the family and to your partnership. He can contribute things that you don't. 
whether it's providing emotional support, financial stability, practical help, acknowledging his role fosters a sense of value and significance, and he feels important. A way that he can feel respected is if you make him feel important. Now, we don't need our husbands. We weren't created to need them. We were created to desire them and want them and want that companionship and that partnership. But they do provide things that we can't provide. That's why it is a partnership. Sure, if I didn't have Johnny, I could go hire somebody to do the things that I have him do that I can't do myself. But that negates the companionship and the partnership that I get with him. I want him. And because I want him, I need him. All right, six, show gratitude. This is big, and I've already talked about this some, but express gratitude for the small and the big things that he does for you and the family. Even if you have to dig deep to find something in the moment, maybe you really don't want to show gratitude. But appreciation reinforces positive behavior, and it creates a sense of mutual respect. Okay? Sometimes I don't want to be grateful to him for things. Sometimes I just get in a mood. And sometimes especially in the beginning, when you're not used to this, it's going to be hard to remember to show that gratitude. Put an alert on your phone. Every few hours, show gratitude. Show gratitude. And as that pops up, you'll be reminded, oh, I need to show him some gratitude. And you can send him a quick little text. Thanks, babe, for working so hard. I love you. Thanks, babe. I'm thinking of you today. I hope you're you're doing well. And I hope everything is going smooth at work. Thank you for working so hard. Thanks, babe, for stopping at the grocery store on your way home. Little tiny things. Thanks, babe, for working so hard for our family. Thanks, babe, for doing your own laundry yesterday. Little tiny things. You can have those alerts on your phone to show the gratitude until you get in a habit of it. Seven, create a positive atmosphere. Foster a positive and uplifting atmosphere at home. A supportive and encouraging environment. This goes for your kids, too. It contributes to a sense of well-being. It strengthens the bond between spouses and your kids. It helps your husband to have more of a desire to behave in a loving way when there's a positive and uplifting atmosphere around him. When you're creating a positive atmosphere, it's important to be mindful of criticism. When constructive feedback is essential, be mindful of the way that you communicate that criticism. It's not criticizing and critiquing him. It is being kind, gentle, loving, and helpful. It needs to be said in a respectful manner. Again, communication. Choose your words carefully and avoid undermining his confidence. And don't make it seem like you don't have confidence in him. Eight, seek his opinion. Involve him in decision-making processes. Show that you value his input and consider him a partner in important family matters. Don't try to make the decisions on your own. Even if you know how you feel about something or the way to handle a situation, it's important to ask him for his input. It shows that you want him involved. And when he does give his input, don't shut it down. Say, oh, that might work. Let's think about it. What do you think would be better? And then say your opinion and you guys can talk through it. Maybe your opinion is better. But when you talk through it, he still feels involved and that his opinion is important. Nine, physical affection. This is a way a wife feels loved too. We talked about that last week. Physical touch, such as hugs, kisses, other forms of affection. It conveys a deep emotional connection. Those small gestures of physical intimacy can reinforce that bond between a husband and wife. 
even if you don't want to, even if you don't feel like it, when you push yourself to show affection, it's going to help you too. You begin to feel that connection. It doesn't solve all the problems. The argument that you had an hour ago, it's not done. It's not over unless you actually resolve the argument. But giving that hug, even if you're angry at him, it can help soften your heart. You begin to feel that connection. It's not solving the problems. But the connection you feel that's lacking when you treat that and you go out of your comfort zone with that hug, that kiss, that cuddle, or even just holding hands, that can help open the door to resolve the other things that are happening around you or that argument that happened the hour before. Or it can just give you comfort to know you still have a connection, even though you're in a rough season. This makes your husband feel important too. His wife loves him and he find, and she finds him attractive. Men are created to need that physical aspect of a marriage. It's not all about sexual intimacy, but that is a huge part too. The sexual intimacy, it's important physically for him, but it's important emotionally for you too. Maybe you don't have that physical intimacy very often because you just don't feel close to him. You don't feel loved. He doesn't show the love that you need. You don't want to. You don't enjoy it. Whatever the reason is, that is damaging your marriage. God created physical intimacy to be a main part of a marriage. When you are doing marriage God's way and you are following his guidelines, that sexual intimacy is with nobody except for your partner. And when you don't have that in a marriage, you're missing a crucial part. That respect is a two-way street. And that crucial part is something that can strengthen that bond in no other way. You have close friends, but you don't share that physical and sexual intimacy with them. So don't let that lack in your marriage, even if you're not enjoying it. I know (laughs) it's hard to do things that we don't enjoy, but if you don't enjoy it, talk through it. Say, maybe we could try this. I might enjoy it a little bit better. I'm trying to be careful in case there are kids around. But if you talk through it and you try different things, maybe you'll start to enjoy it more. But no matter what the reason is that you don't want to, push through that and figure out a way to get yourself to actually have that sexual intimacy with your husband. He needs it physically. He needs it. And maybe you don't realize this, but you need it emotionally. It's the way God created us. It's why he created the sexual intimacy for a marriage. Remember that respect is a two-way street. And fostering a culture of mutual respect in the marriage enhances the overall well-being of both you and your husband. Open communication about expectations and appreciation for each other's contributions. You both contribute. It contributes to a strong and resilient marriage. When I became intentional to show my husband respect in these ways, he, in turn, began to show me the love and affection that I felt was missing in our marriage. Our partnership grew, our love grew, and our marriage grew. And it can work for you, too. I know it's not easy. You have to be intentional, but it is worth it. By adhering to these biblical principles, couples can create a balanced and nurturing environment where love and respect coexist. It's so important for them both to be in a marriage. It's amazing the bond that can happen when you follow God's design and learn the way that he created a husband and wife to feel loved. This synergy not only fosters emotional intimacy with you both, but it also provides a solid foundation for navigating all of those challenges that are bound to come with life. The mutual exchange of love and respect establishes a resilient connection that withstands the test of time. 
You see those old couples on the park bench? Oh, that's so cute. You know what? It probably hasn't been cute their entire marriage. They've probably gone through a lot of struggles, but they figured out the love and respect aspect. And that's how they are sitting on that park bench as an old married couple that we look at and say, it's so cute. You can be that too. It reflects the divine design for marital unity, where each partner's commitment to love and respect, it becomes transformative and it builds a thriving and enduring relationship. So you can be that old couple on the park bench. This can happen for you too, mama. There is hope. I'm here to help in whatever way you need. Head to restoredmama.com. Check out all the resources. I am here for you and I am praying for you. I am praying for your husband. I am praying for your marriage. I can't wait to hear how involving love and respect in your marriage will transform you. Love you, mama. See you next week. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you liked the episode, please take a moment to leave a review. This helps to get Restored Mama out there into the world to help more mamas like you find the joy and freedom in the restoration God has waiting for them. If you liked Mama's show, leave a review. It will help her get seen. I would love to hear your story, where you're at, and what you're hoping to learn and gain from Restored Mama. Send me an email at restoredmamapodcast at gmail.com to fill me in on your journey. I can't wait to hang out with you again next time. Until then, I hope this has blessed you today, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do in your life.